Podcast Network at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Kind of close. Can you guys hear yourselves at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, full on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that? How's that? More? Uh, so- I'm good. Sounds good to me. All right. Yeah. I'm too loud sometimes. Okay. <laughs> no. You're yeah. in the right place for that. <laughs> all right. Everybody, we're all in the right place. Let me turn myself up a little bit more. Check, check, check. Okay. Yeah, this is No Suggestion, (laughs) an improv comedy talk show on the radio, also a podcast. I'm Ralph Jean-Pierre. Co-host Xavier is here. Hello, hello. Yes. And uh, this week we have with us Lissa Mandel. Is that how you say it? Yeah, you nailed it. Um. Uh, this is a random thought, but uh, how do you just uh, how do you feel about Howie Mandel? <laughs> I mean, I I wish that I you know was party to some of that fame and fortune, but right. I also know that he's extremely neurotic, and I don't need any more of that. <laughs> I am set genetically. I'm trying. I try to get a tally from uh, the people who can observe. I don't know. A friend of mine said to me once, maybe you know him. His name is Jared, Jared Bates. He's a clown guy. Yeah, I love Jared. Oh, yeah. He's, I love him. And he, he said to me, uh, uh, he said, Ralph, you are annoyingly free of neurosis. And uh, hmm. <laughs> which is not something I thought of, but uh, I'm sure I have my own stuff. But it, for you, it feels like you have a very sharp, clear <laughs> view of your own neurosis. But right. yeah, you see it's in your in your DNA. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is for sure. I mean, wow. that was like that was like what I the reason why I started doing stand up in the first place. Mm. Because I would be, you know, freaking out, like angry or complaining about something, and friends of mine were would laugh and I'd be like, It's not funny and they're like, No, but the way you're saying that is funny. So I was like, Okay, I might as well use this to my advantage. Wow. Yeah. It's very howie. I think it's very hot. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think it's a little more Larry David. Oh, uh, okay. You know. Yeah. Everybody has, this is what I like, I like clown is like this. Like everybody has like the clown that they want to be or like the edgy thing that they want to be. <laughs> like uh, my girlfriend Anya tells mm-hmm. me like, she's like, who in the Seinfeld of the four Seinfeld people do you think you are? Mm. And of course I think I'm Jerry. You think you're Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I think you're Jerry, too, because he is the one who is free. I mean, they're all super neurotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Jerry, as like the quote unquote straight man, you know, is is have we replaced that terminology yet, by the way? Straight, straight man. man. You know, direct, what? direct man, uncrooked, uncrooked man. Un, you know, the one yeah. who is he's he's supposed to be the quote unquote normalist one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up watching Seinfeld because it's like. It's my people, right? Oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. Jews on the Upper West Side, which nobody ever talks about being Jewish, but it's clear. Like, it's it's hmm. very, whatever. It's a very Jewish show. Yeah. yeah. And um okay. and so I was like, oh, this is like my extended family that I'm watching. Like, this is my roots. And then it wasn't until I was in my mid thirties that someone was like, you know, Elaine's a bitch. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh no, what? But I identify with her. <laughs> that can't be good. I've never. I. I don't see. I don't know. I don't see that. I. I. The, I was talking about. We were talking about. Oh crap. We were talking about that the other day. The thing I like about Elaine is that Elaine has never, to me, been a sense of like, oh, there's the girl. To me, it's just there's the four of them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're all 
idiots. Yeah. You know? Yep. They're all equally idiots. Well, they're all they all they know what they like. And they're going to go to extreme lengths to get to it. get it. To get the thing they want. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's funny you thought Jerry was the edgiest one that you would want to choose. I don't think he's edgy. I just felt like because I don't feel neurotic. I don't, yeah. I don't really feel. But Anya was like, you're you. If you did Seinfeld, you would be George. I would play George. No. Yeah. That's what she says. I would play. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, no. That's funny. How does that feel? Uh, I feel like George is the height of neuroses. I think George is actually the worst person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I could do it. Probably, I think I could play it because I because I, it seems very fun to play what he does. He sure he, he has a lot of fun playing what he, he does. I but I don't understand him. He gets to. I mean, he just gets to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. He gets to be total id. Really, total it, id. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's so fun. One of the things that you remind me of too is like. You know, I also I grew up on Seinfeld. I, I I know I would come back to New York for you know I went to high school in Florida, but I'd come back every summer and spend the summers with my dad, and we would just sit up and watch Seinfeld. So I discovered Seinfeld probably mm. in my early teens, mm-hmm. and we would the way we would watch it, it so seamlessly came into our lives. Like me and my sisters, I felt like we could just we just recognized it. We're like, oh, I told you know what I mean there was no even discovery of Seinfeld. It was just like this is on, yes. Yeah, you know, what I mean, mm. it, this rhythm, I just understand it because it was so New yeah. York. And uh, I miss even today when I watch Seinfeld, it I don't know what the quality is about it that makes it Jewish. It just feels New York to me. Maybe that's why I just conflate those two things. Ooh, but especially the Upper West Side mm. where Zabar's is. Zabar's is Mecca. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. Zabar's is Mecca. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> I, I. uh I'm just having random thoughts now, but I know I remember years ago, you know, Damon Dash. Wait, why do I know Damon Dash? He helped create Rockefeller Records. He was like the. Oh, yes, yes. Jay-Z's manager. Yes. Right. And a few years ago, he has a son named Boogie, I believe, who put out some cookies and the and the and the Boogie's the, cookies. Something like that. Yeah, I think it was that. And the thing that validated it was it was in Zay bars. That was the thing that. Wow. That was the thing that validated it. So, I—I I mean, that's not all. I, I we all—I think every a New Yorker knows Zaybars. I'm from Jersey. What is Jay, What is Zaybars? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, Zaybars is a uh, a beautiful grocery store that's on Broadway and like 80th, I think. Okay. That all the little Jewish grandmothers shop at because they have. This like, is a lovely tapestry, <laughs> a beautiful tapestry. My God. Yeah, but. It's just it's gonna it's gonna clash with the couch. I I think this is a tapestry that's worth. You're very right, Angelica. You're right, and I want to give you your credit. Your Thank credit you. where it's due. I'm always right, Gladys. Thank you. I I wouldn't go that far, but oftentimes, if I had to do a percentage of times you are right, I would say it's probably eight or nine out of ten, and this is one of those times. All right, I appreciate it. So let's let let let's ask my daughter. Do you think this tapestry is going to go well in Gladys's living room? Knowing the color of her sofa. Debbie, Debbie, be honest. Be honest. Honestly, your sofa is is uh, a little bit 
Uh, I puke don't know. green. I, just say it. Yeah, puke it's not green. as good as the tapestry. I don't think it would match. Well, you guys never told me I had puke in my living room. But you know what? Puke green. It's like the seventies. It's uh, like nostalgic. It's okay. Yeah, I have a pile it. of. I have a. I have a mound of a, a, a couch shaped. A, a love seat shaped mound of puke in my living room. It was fine until you wanted to bring in the it, it, the tapestry. It's it, it's just would it's just too nice. In my living room, there's regurgitation, and I can't even spruce <laughs> oh it up. God. I can't even spruce up the vomit. Listen, Gladys, oh. because I'm right eight or nine times out of ten. At right? least. At least. Not all the time, I though. didn't want to correct you when you chose that sofa because I wanted you to feel some agency in your life, okay? You're my sister, and I feel like I'm always the one making decisions. It's time for you to make decisions. You're 45 years old, so you chose the puke green. Fine. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You allowed me. You granted me. You helped me to to acquire some agency in my life as I was trying to decorate my own place. And that and that is commendable. And I I feel I feel gratitude for that. Mm-hmm. I feel great gratitude mm-hmm. for that. But now the effect that's happened later because you had not told me that I had a mound of of upchuck. In my, <laughs> decorating my living room it's not up chuck up chuck that people were that i was having people seat be seated upon okay (laughs) the 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 effect of that is that now it's completely reversed well 180 a flip turn around you ever seen that movie gone in 60 seconds with nicholas k is one of those reverses of my agency well maybe debbie and i can help you make that sofa be gone in 60 seconds oh my god how'd you do that (laughs) please i really Debbie was conceived on that sofa. <gasps> Scene. <laughs> How dare you reveal my secrets? <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, Wait, oh my gosh, I know that scene is over, but uh, I, 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 so Debbie's my daughter. Anyway. Wow. Really? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I had no I idea. Whoa. To, to be continued. Uh, <laughs> um, Xavier, what, what was a show that you watched growing up that was like, felt like, you it was you recognized it. It was like your rhythm. Um, like it, I just it just came on and that and I and you felt like you connected really quick. Oh, I want to answer this too. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you answered. You said Seinfeld. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's one. But I have a much better answer. But you go you go ahead. And I want you to and I want to know yours as well. Um, growing up, I I I watched a good amount of uh the like. British stuff. My my oh. my mom liked a lot of British comedy, nice. so it'd be on on the TV a lot. So there's this uh there's a show called Keeping Keeping Up Appearances. And wow, that this, sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Yeah, and it's it, it's this woman. So it's just this older woman who uh who lives in the suburban neighborhood, and she's just uh uh you know she's just like this uh, stereotypical nosy neighbor who's like mm-hmm. who really likes um making people think she's better than she is and it's the show is constantly just her trying to be this this very like highfalutin person in the neighborhood and and everything showing that she's not i love this so much because normally the nosy neighbor is a side character but she gets her own show here yeah yeah wow that's (laughs) that i'm trying to think that the way that show sounds is like uh it's it sounds like British desserts taste. 
I don't know. But just the way you described it, I was like, mm, this is a very particular flavor. Yes, it's very, <laughs> it's entertaining, but tidy, very tidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what were you going to say, Ralph? Um, I was going to say, first of all, that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener supported radio. Check us out on the Radio Free Brooklyn mobile app. And if you want to donate to us, you can donate via RadioFreeBrooklyn.org backslash donate. Or if you're an Amazon shopper, you can donate via RadioFreeBrooklyn.com backslash Amazon. What was I going to say? The show? Was the I going to say the show? Yeah, your show. I, there's several I could name, but I'm going to go. All right. I have a I have a triumvirate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this corner, it'd probably be Wonder Years. And this corner would be Nickelodeon's Doug. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. But then the top, if you combine them, is Boy Meets World. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's my all-time favorite sitcom. I mean, it kind of is. It Boy Meets World kind of is at the center of the Venn diagram yeah. between the Wonder Years and Doug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Similar in theme, and then his, his. I mean, it's his brother in the Wonder Years. It's Fred Savage and Ben Savage. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I don't know. You have like a past life connection to that family. I guess I do. I heard that uh, Fred Savage has been canceled recently. Oh, no. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, that show for me is just because it, it was so heartfelt. It was about a young boy who pined a lot, which I, yep, did, a, yep, I yep. did a lot of pining. I did a lot of pining. Too. Yes, I, I pined so much. And then, uh, but it was also like the comedy was, as the show went on, the comedy got more wacky. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very intimate and personal and heartfelt, but it was also very wacky. I don't think that show gets its due for how silly it could be. You know what I mean? With the older brother and uh, just all this stuff that well, they had. That was, uh, C- was that CW? No. It was uh, ABC. It was ABC. part of the TGIF Right, lineup. TGIF. So I was a SNCC person. Mm. You know, there's like SNCC on Nickelodeon and then there's TGIF. And Ooh. so... Uh, TJF felt a little safe to me. Well, yes, yes, you it know? was very safe. Oh, yeah. I liked Ren and Stimpy was on SNCC. And if my parents knew yeah. earlier, but, you know, <laughs> that I was watching a show about like collecting, you know, toothbrush spit, toothpaste spit. Speaking in of Upchuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Upchuck. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, there's something like alternative, like Roundhouse. Roundhouse was a show I'm going to age myself. It was a show on, on Nickelodeon. It was on SNCC. It was the second show. When Clarissa explains it all. Roundhouse. Ren and Stimpy. Are you afraid of the dark? Okay. 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 And I, I don't remember Roundhouse at all. It was a sketch. Show. It was a musical sketch show. What? Before pre- all that? Before all that. Whoa. Yeah. And I loved it. And so when all that came on and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, this show. I was like, uh-uh, you don't know the original sketch show. Whatever. Yeah. But then all that got all the fame. Yeah, all that. I mean, all that was really important. I mean, how many, how many comedy luminaries came out of all that? Neil Brennan wrote on all that. I Wait, mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote. That was like one of his first jobs. He wasn't like a head writer or anything. It's really, uh, kind of. Yeah, because he was like five at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was young, mm-hmm. so he was a writer on that. But then you got Keenan and Kel. And Keenan, who went on to be the longest running SNL yep. cast, who's still the longest running SNL cast member. And then, um, and also Nick Cannon, and mm-hmm. also Amanda Bynes. Whoa. And also, uh, jo- Drake and Josh, who I think one of them is canceled, but one of them has like a very pretty lucrative career as an actor and a podcaster. 
uh, or maybe they weren't on. No, they were they were on the Amanda Bynes show, but the, and the, the Amanda Bynes show came out of all that. I think that's that's all I can it's think of right it's now. It's like it's like that's a good cool. amount, yeah. Like the Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey Mouse Club Club, also produced oh, all yeah. of these. I don't know. Yeah, all that I got into. I never got into the Mickey Mouse Club. I don't think I ever saw that. Maybe I didn't have the Disney Channel or Wait, what's your show? No, I th- I think my show is Roundhouse. Oh, that House. was it was Roundhouse. I mean, just but, Roundhouse. but Seinfeld also, but that was like my whole family's. What was show. it about Roundhouse in particular that you felt like? Um, there was something about the. It didn't feel squeaky clean to me, and I really appreciated that because, like, okay, my favorite movie growing up was The Breakfast Club because it was like symbolic of all these different people coming together across their differences, right? Coming together mm. across the cliques or whatever. Um, so like even the weirdos are accepted. And I just felt like, I don't know why, I just felt like Roundhouse was a bunch of weirdos yeah, yeah, yeah. playing <laughs> together. And there were like these kind of like, there were jokes in there that were definitely for grownups and I kind of knew that. And I appreciated that because I was a grownup in a child's body. Oh, yeah. I can, I can relate to that yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Did you feel that way, Xavier? Were you growing up in a child's body as a kid or were you like really a kid when you were a kid? Um, I think I felt like I was gr- more grown than I really was. Uh, and yeah, and I would sort of look at things sort of as a grown up. Yeah, but... I mean, after a while, you you realize that you still had like childish emotions and like childish mm. tendencies. So it's like that's true. I yeah, never thought about that. Yeah, I don't think I. It's dealt. hard to say. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is uh, hard to say. Uh, sorry, Mr. Siegel. Um, you actually need to sign the contract in pen, not crayon. I- uh, I've been losing crayon all my life. I, I know, but the client is. They're more buttoned up, if you know what I mean. And I, I'm. Anyway, I, I just think it might be better for the business. Well, where is he? Let, let him come and play. I. Do you want me to call him into the office? Yeah, sure. I'll, let's have a little little fun. Um. Uh, all right. Um. Uh, Mr. Ruby, come on in. Agnes, Agnes, I got a lot of business. I got a lot of business to. I gotta. I gotta do. I gotta do stocks, trades, files. I know. I gotta I, do. I gotta pick up the kids from work. I gotta drop off the kids at club soccer club. I, I gotta remodel very, my house. Very a busy. A lot of adult things happening. Very busy. Um. Hello, Mister Schultz. Hello, hello, hello. Um. Uh. So we uh, would love to get you on your way, but we can't really get you on your way until. You've both signed this contract, so hold on. on. I got to take. I got. I got two of these cell. You take one of these cell phones here and just text a message to my wife. I'm going to text a message to my business associate and say I'm going to text him on my other phone here in a second. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You seem like a straight talking businessman. Uh, seem. (laughs) Tell him. Oh, let him know about. He's absolutely a straight talking businessman, John. And here's your juice box. Oh, thank you. Um, Can can I offer you a, a juice box, Mister? Ruby Schultz. Uh, if that juice box is filled with Chardonnay, I mean. Oh, um, we don't we don't do alcohol in in the office, but um, I, I could get you a um, sparkling water. Please get me a sparkling water. Okay. We doing this deal or what? Listen, I did, before we do this deal, yes, I just want to go through a couple things. All right, Kimo Sabi. 
What's what's up? What's going on? I got to get down. My Rolls Royce is being pulled out. Okay, around the front. Yeah, I just need to know what type of businessman you really are. Just so, straight talking, straight shooting, just just about business, no emotion, just doing business. Hard facts, numbers, binary, zeros and ones. Just getting down to business, brass tacks. Just dealing with biz. Nobody okay. beats the biz. <laughs> you seem like you're all talk. All right, uh, let's. What, it, what? Wait, wait. Oh, gentlemen. So, okay, sorry, Mister Mister Schultz, Ruby. Uh, your 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 wife says that's fine. Uh, she can she can do the pickup for you. Uh, My wife but if, thirteen years, I have three children. I have a you, large house. You are a very. Um, oh, you're getting picked up, Mister Schultz. Beachfront. No, you don't drive your own cars. Well, I have a I have a driver who drives me when I want, but I can I I got a license. Well, gentle gentlemen, you're both um very good at what you do so let's just speed it up and sign this contract here um would you like uh cornflower blue or fuchsia to sign the contract uh well this is an adult contract let's get a just get a blue that's black okay Okay. black ink that's only for outlines that's only for outlines. Well, I, I have a Sharpie. That's only for outlines. Black's only for outlines. I, what are you? Oh, John, it's okay. Listen, Black. You know, jo- it's it's past your nap time, but. Uh, tell him I'm a man. Tell, um, tell him I'm a grown. You've seen me. Do hit things. Conduct business. Yeah, conduct yes. business. Listen, I, I'm so delighted to be the liaison between the two of you, Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's time to get things uh, moving. He's making so. fun of me. Would you like to take a nap too, Mister Schultz Ruby? I it's just I got a lot of I'm just taking a nap because I got a lot of business happening. We have to finish this. We have to finish this this contract uh, negotiation, Mister Schultz. But it's nap time. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all children. We're all. Yeah, that's what all. I discovered. <laughs> Even Mister Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what I wanted to bring up earlier that I yeah. saved. Um, I used to host karaoke for a living, uh, for like seven years. I don't know if what? you knew that's this. amazing. Yeah, 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 seen you in action. Had you? Yeah, at Cobra uh, Club. Yeah. What? Yeah, I hosted karaoke <laughs> like all over the city cool. for many for many years. That was my day job for a long time, and I I, I was like uh, I think I was as far as karaoke hosts go, which yeah. I wasn't really a DJ. Right. I would host, and I would have a separate have a separate DJ. And uh, as far as hosts go, I think I was really successful. I'm gonna say I was maybe the most successful <laughs> yeah. ever lived. Okay, but this is this was my secret that I think I discovered as I was doing those parties that I think really helped me was that you know you're in a bar, you might be in Bushwick, you might have a you know people all tatted up, drinking, doing coke. <laughs> Tindering, mm. hooking up in the bathroom. <laughs> Tindering at the bar? Who knows what <laughs> Modern Studio 54. Whippersnappers are doing. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Tindering. Going down, people sizing each other up. Everybody's Except trying somebody to. Somebody was going down on somebody in the club? I'm sure. This is Bushwick. <laughs> this is, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff like that going down, right? <laughs> Very adult stuff. Yes. There's two things that I realized that I think helped me to do that job well. One was. I also have taught and and still teach. I taught children of all ages, and hosting karaoke is basically running a preschool classroom. <laughs> it's, ba- it's basically yeah. the exact same. 
uh, you're uh, wrangling. Yeah, you're wrangling. People are, you know what I mean? And it's really, <laughs> and it's really just like because everyone in there thinks they're an adult, just like and preschool. most of them yeah. are intoxicated. Oh yeah, my god, which yeah. is basically the same as being four, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So that's number one. But number two is with all this going on, and you're in Bushwick, the, you know the hippest, most modern, um, you know, Trash neighborhood you could be in the country, yeah. Like yeah, artsy and sophisticated and erudite and intellectual and educated and all that. Kind of trashy. Kind of trashy, time. yeah. A little bit ratchet happening, too. But no matter <laughs> what is going on, no matter how sophisticated or how... The reason karaoke is popular, the reason people would come back over and over, the reason karaoke is transfixing, because it's just church. Yeah. All those people are just coming there to go to church. Yeah. I th- that's That was my conceit. Whether they knew it or not, it was just, let's gather around and sing songs and totally. celebrate. And it's... It's like one of the few places where it's acceptable to just leave it all that to be a mess, to have the full range of emotions. Um, and that reminds me actually of um, I was at this retreat a couple months ago. It was a women's retreat upstate in Hudson Valley. Mm. And it was like yoga and it was very woo woo. And oh, yes. on the last night, there was a we had a huge bonfire and we all sat around the bonfire and a couple of the women had guitars and we were singing these like old, old songs, like ancestral songs that were orally passed down. And it, I felt like a kid because I was like, this is so unapologetically sincere. Okay. And I didn't realize how thirsty I was for that. And it's like really rare that you're able to do that as an adult and just be like, I'm having a great time yes. and not have somebody like roll their eyes at you or like make judging comments or whatever. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, singing is like one of the most like freeing, therapeutic, like vulnerable things you can yes, do. Yes, it's a big, 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 big time. I remember, uh, I haven't told this story much, and it's, maybe it's a little braggy, but I think it's important. <laughs> so one of my first nights uh, hosting karaoke, so this is like the, the, my very first month or two, I'm hosting karaoke, and I'm already, I'd been doing a lot of karaoke before then, so I already sort of, it was a, in my bones from early. I, of course, mm-hmm. got better at it as I went, mm-hmm. but it was in my bones early. So I'm in my first few weeks, and I remember I was just like, damn, I'm younger, and I'm like in much better shape, and I'm like dancing up a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember some girl behind me whispered to her friend, some real hip girl. She was like, doesn't he realize he's go- doing too much? He's going too hard? And, and I just <laughs> let it go, and I just kept dancing. I yep. just let it fly by. I just let it happen. Mm-hmm. But... Two and a half hours later, this same girl just like sweating, just like just like going nuts. Yeah. And uh And you leaned in and you said, Didn't you know you're doing too much? <laughs> no, I s no, I I did exactly that, but I leaned in and I said, There's no such thing as doing too much. <gasps> ah, <yes! laughs> and she didn't turn around, she just nodded. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. That's like a very magical Yeah. 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 Moment. And I really feel like that is what that what karaoke is like at least the way because i would like make it that's why i would dance it's like make it a a a a, a dance party that's crazy she probably wanted to do too much and she just i was apprehensive yeah she needed you to set an example yeah to give her permission to do it and that is yeah i felt like that was the whole job the whole Mm. job i think just like in comedy the whole job is like you make yourself look stupid so that everyone else feels permission to look stupid you know, yeah, and, or and let just, that go. Yeah, or stupid or re- like revealing or just uh, 
but there's such freedom in that and it's so hard to get to that and i forget because like really improv i mean we're not gonna have an improv discussion well we could do it i I, i'm totally (laughs) this is 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 referring to the fact that i try to avoid because i have improvised on the show i try to avoid yeah nobody wants to hear inside baseball but it's okay but it's it's just in in terms of the, the broader scheme of like life um you have to look stupid when you're, especially at the beginning, like, oh my God, le- levels one and two for me were like pulling teeth because it, I was humiliated just being on, on stage, me like, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. But if you do it enough times, it's like you break through that shell and then it, it really doesn't matter. And the freedom from that is just like, well, it's kind of like, so, you know, I, I train in um, a bunch of movement modalities, too. I'm training to be a somatic therapist. And um, one of the first, one of my first teachers, Lloyd Williamson, brilliant. I know Lloyd Williamson. Oh, right. We've talked about this. Have we? Lloyd, so I, I uh, trained to be a, a, a level one Williamson teacher. Okay. I trained with Lloyd. This is a very particular so it, yeah. kind yeah, of acting technique. It's very little known. But he would like teach like this kind of spinning, well, whirling. Kind it was of based thing. in modern dance, and yes. it was like this mo- this this improvised movement technique that was designed to for the actor, so the actor's body could be really open and available, so that emotion could freely flow through it. And Is so, this connected with Mary Overly or something like that? It's connected with Meisner. Meisner, okay. Yeah. So uh, I knew him through. I did it at Maggie Flanagan, but okay, um, okay. I did it through the the. Michael Chekhov acting studio or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, there was one point, you know, we were talking about, um, because we would talk about like alignment and your bodies and how everybody's body in modern times is all screwed up because people are always like sucking in this part or hunching or just trying to hide themselves. And he said, no matter if you're doing that, like everybody can see your body. You think that you're like, all you're doing is hurting yourself by like hunching over or like, sucking in your stomach or whatever it is that you're trying to do it. Everybody can see your body anyway. And once he said whoa, that, it's like, oh, my you God. didn't, you didn't, <laughs> whoa, back up for a second. Everybody can what? Yeah. Yeah. What? Right. No, not right. What? What? No, everybody. Sorry. can what? You're out in the world. You have a body. People can see it. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, miss. I'm just going to work. Okay. Um, okay, well, nobody can see my body. I mean, ma'am, I can see your body. And as I, as a, okay, what? As the traffic cop <laughs> of North Brantford, Connecticut, yes. on this corner, I stand here every day and I see the people who go to work every day and I see your body. And you know what? How it's rude. beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. How, how rude. Okay, Janet, but in a little a little bit, doesn't it feel kind of nice to know that somebody can see you? I'm minding my own business. I didn't I didn't I didn't acquiesce. I didn't agree to be seen. I'm just heading the city back. Well, you just let me know when you find your invisibility cloak. (laughs) Now now you're condescending to me. Crossing you know, guard, crossing guard, Margaret. Now you're condescending to me. Well, crossing guard, Margaret is only here to be supportive and truthful. You can ask Charles. Charles, did you already eat your sandwich today? Yes, and it was lovely. Now, Charles knows I can see him. And sometimes he wears a different, like, 
funny shirt just because he knows that I'm going to see it and it's going to bring me joy. Right, Charles? This is my favorite crosswalk. <laughs> well, you guys are just, you're just so happy and so comfortable. Well, maybe, maybe when I decide that I want to be seen, uh, maybe then I'll, I'll wear a, 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 a humorous shirt. I've got a, I've got a humorous shirt or two. Crossing guard Margaret that you would to, like. I would love to see your humorous shirts. And you know what? I I know. I mean. I know that you enjoy colorful things. And I've seen over the years that you've kind of moved into just wearing black and white. And, you know, it makes me a little sad. So just consider me your fairy godmother. I'm, I'm a business woman. My You're a business woman? I don't see it. Well, I see your, I see your, I, I see your your face and I see skin. I don't see business or woman anywhere. Oh, that's beautiful, Charles. You've been meditating again, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I can always tell. I'm gonna finish crossing the street. You do that, and while you do it, I'd like to see you skip. Ah. Uh, well, I. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I oh, saw the little skip. No, no, I don't. The spirit just just Margaret. came right out of you. Crossing guard, Margaret. There's something wrong with this street. Uh, it's yes. uneven. <laughs> See. <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me of Sideways Stories from Wayside School, um, which was this book. Louis Louis Sackar. I don't remember any of the specifics. It was this book. This I think I read that book. Children's book or young adult book. You know this book. Side. What? Side, sidecar side stories story? sideways, sideways stories. stories from wayside school. i'm sorry i feel like this is all about references and we don't have to do that we can talk about what's the uh, what's the thing that's what's the uh, yeah we have we have i feel like we have <laughs> very many common references i know what's the thing that i don't want to say it's happening now that's wrong let's say <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong <laughs> that's wrong what's a uh hey tell us about you just came back from Maine? I did, yeah. What's the coolest thing or most interesting thing or most important thing that happened in your trip oh, to Maine? Oh, God. That's way too many. Okay, listen. I've been going to the same place, literally the same cottage, the same 400 square feet with my family every summer since before I was born. So there's a lot before there. Before you were born, yeah. you've been going. I, yes. Uh, when I was just a sparkle in my parents' eye, wow. um, so it's 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 loaded. But uh, what's but on the lighter note, what's the most important thing? Like you know, lobsters a stereotype. It's legit. It's legit. And uh, what people don't know is that lobster. Um, maybe everybody knows this by now. You know, it's so expensive. Like a lobster roll is like anywhere from twenty five to thirty five dollars, yeah. depending where you're at. Um, and they used to feed it to prisoners back in the day because it was like it's like the cockroach of the sea and there was so much of it. And so you couldn't pay well to do people to eat lobster. And now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What changed? I have no idea. I don't I, I really don't know what it is. Um, because even like there was a summer it's like five or six years ago when there was an excess of lobster and somebody like hipped my family to that. But nobody was bringing the prices down because they knew that they could get away with continuing to sell it exorbitantly. Whoa. But like for a really long time, lobster was considered, you know, lower than peasant food. Lobster is delicious. I agree, especially if it's just like ice cold, like poached ice cold with uh, squeeze a lemon 
and hot mm. drawn butter on the side. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Anya and I did a trip uh, over pandemic last year where we spent six months in a van and we drove. <gasps> yes, my dream. Yeah, we, we did that. Go? We drove. We didn't make it very far because the van was 40 years old. It was a 40 year old Volkswagen Vanagon. Uh, wow. It was beautiful, but it did not run. And <laughs> so we drove from New York and we made it down as far as Austin before we had to turn back because it, wow. we spent more than a quarter of the, of the trip broken down. <laughs> uh, six months. Oh, no, yeah. More than a quarter. No. Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just broken down. And, and you just kept getting right back up and you were and you got back to New York in this van. No. No. Oh, you did. It broke. We 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 get to Austin and we're like, this thing is not good. We got to take it back to New York. So we started turning back toward New York and Austin. And then we made it up as far as Chattano- Chattanooga. And okay. then when we got to Chattanooga, I realized that a friend of mine from college, shout out John, John Paul Kiesling painter i know he had painted a portrait of me uh, for some reason because he's wonderful and uh he had painted a portrait of me and he was doing a gallery showing of that painting amongst a bunch of other Mm, cool paintings of his that weekend Mm -hmm. so we were in chattanooga and i discovered this and we had to go back and going back over the mountains from (laughs) chattanooga to nashville yeah the smokies Right. Yeah. It did very. It was extra smoky. That day. it was extra. Oh God! That was what happened today on the highway today. Um, there was a car on fire. Not only on fire, like it must have just combusted. It was like flames twenty feet in the air. The whole thing was consumed. Um, and and when I drove by it, because you had to, you know, it was three lanes. It was in the right lane. I could feel the heat in my car. My car is on fire. My car's on fire. Hey. Oh, shit. Y'all watch out. Yeah, back up. Back up. My car's on fire. Who no. Yo, Jamie, all those important papers were in there. Don't. Listen, I had my passport, my birth certificate. I had my whole comic book collection, a lot of my clothes, and the deed to my house in there. But the, it's over. The car's on fire. Why do you, you sound so happy about it, though? I made it out. I was in that car when it was on fire. I am no longer in the car. I'm here with you. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Yes. I Be- love this. <laughs> beep, beep, new. Whoa. Back up. Driving the other lane. This car's on fire. Yo, Jamie. I see you You set up your camera and everything. I'm tape. I'm Save filming it for this. for posterity? I'm filming this. You, what you've always talked to me about, about freedom. I never knew. I had all these, I had my comic book collection. I had my house. I had, I still have the house, but I don't have the deed. All this stuff. You told me, be free. Let yourself go. I said, no, I'm never going to let myself go. I'm so proud of you. One day I'm coaching you in Little League. And the next day you're setting things on fire and celebrating about it. I mean, what else could a person want in their life? Coach, hold on. Ah. Ah, I'm sticking my hand in the fire. Ah, hold on. Ah, Jamie. Is it I got a baseball bat. Oh, is it, is it really worth it to save that bat? Hey. Like a third degree burn? Just, ow. This, this bat is now seared to my hand, but why don't you toss me a pitch? Oh, I, lo- I love your Why spirit. don't you toss me a hey, pitch? Hey, kid, 
Give me that ball. Ignore the smell of flesh. Burning right. flesh. All right, here you go. Oh, thanks. Okay, now watch this. This is how a real courageous hero lives their life. All right, here it comes. Ah! No? Well, now it's in the car. Hey, kid, you got another ball? No, it was my only ball. All right, well, uh, today's going to be a teaching moment. Uh, what, what's your name, kid? Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy. Now, you're going to give me your polo shirt. I'm going to ball it up. So it's a little ball, and we're going to use that. We're going to throw it straight at that at that burning car, and my friend Jamie here uh, is going to knock it out of the park. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was knocked out for a second. <laughs> okay, but you're up, right? Uh, it's the bottom of the eighth. Oh, okay. Oh, we got, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and the, the combination of the fumes and the ball. I I think I struck myself in the okay, head. We got to run around first. Hey, we got to run around second. You guys need a ride? Oh no, we are living life. Are you, can't living. you see? There's a game. We're playing a game of stickball. Get out of that car. You're out in the middle of the road. Yeah, this car is on fire. Officer, let me borrow your phone. We need a ball. You need a ball? Yeah. Okay. Well, here you go. I guess you call one eight hundred ball. Oh no, we're gonna use this as the ball. Okay, Ray, Jamie, it. here's the pitch. <laughs> Yeah! Oh, it is out of there. Yeah! You're never gonna see that phone again. It My went all over the on highway. Fire. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um. Oh my God. Where? Uh, now I want to talk about. Oh, so yeah. the car was on fire. Yes. And you could feel the heat coming yes. off of it. Yeah. What do you remember thinking when you saw that? What were your first thoughts? I mean, I really did think that it was beautiful. Wow. Actually, I mean, at first I looked like there were people, there were like five people outside and there was like a cop car and there was a second one coming up. So it's like the people were just kind of standing around. They didn't look like they were, they didn't look like they were grieving. Like somebody or, died inside. It, yeah, because yeah. if somebody had died, you know, that's, I can't like, that's, I can't celebrate that at all. But I was just like, what happened? Did somebody have a cigarette that they dropped or like, what were the first, how do these people in the car know that any second their, their shit's going up in flames? Like, did it start smoking and they pulled over or what, is it a problem that had been going on for a while that they had been ignoring? So many questions. Wow. Wow. And they're just standing there just resigned to it. Yeah. Like one of them was kind of like scrolling and the other people were just kind of like standing, walking around. I mean, I had to go by quickly. Obviously I was on the highway, but, um, nobody looks panicked. Which I thought was crazy. Yeah, that is that's a that's a level of detachment right there to yeah. not. I don't know. What do you? How do you react if you're just standing near your burning car? I mean, I, I I don't know. Like I don't know. It's kind of like if there's a if there's a death or or if you like or if something great happens, you don't know. You might be in shock. You don't know how you'll respond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever experienced something that was so shocking that you were like? Just frozen for a minute. That's a really good question. I don't. I don't know if I can think of anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, or I haven't encountered that yet. Shock. I'm. I'm terrified to encounter that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. You got something, Xavier? 
Yeah. Well, no, no. I, yeah, it's just hard to think of. Well, usually, if something's really surprising, there's some, there's like a slight reaction. A reaction of like freezing, like like a trauma, a freezing trauma response. You know, fight, flight, freeze. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember walking through Times Square with my dad, mm. and there were people having, there were people like fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like physically fighting, they were well. They were getting at. They weren't physically fighting. They were getting at each yeah. other. And one guy had a cup of coffee, and he threw the cup of coffee uh. at the guy, and some of it got on my dad. Uh. And uh, and then uh, and 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 at that moment, I've never seen my, I never seen my dad really like have an altercation with any, yeah. anyone. So that was sort of like a a weird place to be to see. Your dad have to like I don't know do that. Did what he, did he do? Yeah, did he get angry? No, he he he. We just kept. I think I don't know what happens. There was like a brief like little thing. Maybe the guy said sorry or something like that. But the guy was like so focused, and my dad really didn't want to engage. So we just kept walking. But it felt that that there was like a moment where like he entered into something. Yeah, where he was a yeah. part of it now. Uh, oh yeah. yeah and that's and Times square like energetically is so intense yeah it is a vortex mm-hmm. i love to i hear new yorkers say that i really you love Times square i really love Times square like i don't seek out being there because culturally it doesn't offer me much <laughs> you know what i mean there's nothing i'm gonna yeah. do there you know unless i'm going to a rehearsal or something somewhere near there mm-hmm but whenever I do have to go there, it's not that I look forward to it, but it is like kind of one of the nexus points of this, the, the universe. The, yeah. Or the civilized world, at least, you know, if you have some sort of Internet or phone or electricity, you probably know what Times Square is. Right. And right. That's billions of people right. on the Earth. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of energy there. There is. And I, I mean, I think when I was a kid, I was like magnetized mm. to I mean to all of New York but I wanted to be I wanted to be where the people were you know and I and and then I did it and then I was where the people were and then the older I get like the more porous I feel like the more sensitive and oh, porous I feel to all the energy so I'm like I can't like I just can't even tolerate it anymore I just find it it's still fascinating to me to see the personalities, the New York personalities that will be there and the the people from all over the country who remember there was an Olive Garden in Times Square. Yeah. Like. I s- remain fascinated by the people who come from all over the country or all over the world to go to Olive to Garden, go to the Olive Garden that's there Yep, or any of those, any of those, you know, Red Lobster or Skechers. Skechers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, but it's a different Skechers if it's yeah. the Times Square Skechers. I don't. I mean, of course, it's like there's something that's a little uh, pitiable about it. But I, it's more like, man, wh- I just wonder what their lives are like wherever they're coming from. Mm. That this is like, whoa, I'm in New York. This is what I'm going to do. I know it. You if- know, it's not a great choice, but I'm still fascinated by it. What are you coming from? What part of... Milwaukee or Iowa or 
you know, Maine yeah. are you coming from where you're like, we're on vacation? Well, it's when, you know? so like we represent the tri state area, all three of us, right? New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I never knew a life without the city. Yes. So it is really wild to me. And actually, my, my ex boyfriend, um, grew up outside of Milwaukee mm. and he moved to New York sight unseen Wow! with two suitcases. Cause he just knew that he was supposed to be here. And I can't conceive of what that feels is, like. Is he still here? Uh, no, well, he recently moved to Philadelphia cause he's got two little kids now, but mm-hmm. yeah, he was, yeah, he works at Google. Like he went to Columbia, did the whole thing, but he, and he's not the only person I know who's like, they just have a feeling that New York is where they need to be even if they've never actually been here. Yeah, there is something to that. Like, when I I wonder what your story is of coming to New York. You're not that far. You're in Jersey. Yeah, so where in Jersey did you grow up? I grew up in Irvington. It was next to, right next to Newark. Got you. Yeah. It was pretty close. Yeah. What was the, pull? was like, did you, was it a foregone conclusion for you that like at a certain age you were going to go to New York? No, no, New York was just sort of foreign to me. Really? Yeah. And I think if you, if like every once in a while a friend would be like, let's go, I don't know, to a party or something over there and we'd just be the weird New Jersey kids at a, at a party <laughs> in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was, I, I didn't really think about moving here. It was just sort of a thing that happened. Wow. Wow. Um, um, in college, I started, yeah, I was doing improv. I started going to, improv. driving down to do improvise. Mm-hmm. And it really started to be a main thing in my life. And it, it just made sense to move here. It's an expensive habit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, when I was a kid, you know, I lived here in the 90s. Yeah. When it was in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, when it was still... You know, hearing a gunshot was not not rare. It wouldn't even warrant a pause in a conversation. Yeah. That's how frequent it was, at least where I was in East New York. And um, and so I grew up, like, kind of resenting New York, how dirty and bleak mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And yet, probably because, you know, when I was very young, I, I was like, I'm going to draw for Marvel Comics. But I was, like, very young, and I knew, I didn't know the city was going to change. But I was just very young, and I was like, I'm going to live here my whole life. Oh, you just knew. I just knew. You just knew. Hey, man, I've had it with your bullshit. Meet me in Times Square. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You, uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do what? Pull out, pull out my, my uh, brass knuckles? Ask my associate here. Yeah, uh, I don't think you want to see his brass knuckles. His brass knuckles is real, real sharp. If I were you, sir, I would get back on your bicycle and leave my friend and I here with your deliveries. <laughs> yeah, we can we can take care of that. We can take care of all those packages for you. You should just uh just uh make yourself scarce. You use the guys who standing right here in my lane, okay? Yeah, this is our lane. We own it. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, I would listen to my friend with the pompadour if I were you. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with my hair. I got two whole cans of gel in there. You know, this could this could 
This could crack. This could crack an egg. You could crack an egg on my pompadour right now. You'll be cracked. You'll be cracked against the pompadour. <laughs> I would get back on your bicycle if I were you and scurry away. Leave yeah, but, us. But he should. But he should leave the packages, right? Leave the packages he's, he's, here. He he might have something real real good in there, like uh, maybe some donuts. You got any donuts in those boxes? No, I don't got any donuts, okay? I'll straight up fight all, all of you right now. No, no. We're straight not, up we're, in Times Square. Are there donuts? Where everybody could see that. Everybody could see you. Are there donuts in there? Are there donuts? You, you wouldn't happen to have any, uh, <laughs> any uh, chocolate jimmies, would you? Look, there's obviously a donut logo on my bag, okay? There's, yeah, there's yeah. Not a, it's no yeah. surprise. So there, won't, there doesn't have to be any fight. There doesn't have to be any fight here. Uh, Mr. Crispy Cream. Chocolate Jimmy's. Are there chocolate Jimmy's? I'm not. I just work for Krispy Cream. I don't think there's a Mr. Krispy Cream. Okay. I would listen to my friend with the golden, golden incisor. Golden the golden teeth. in. I yeah. Listen, I'm gonna need you to look at my teeth real quick. <laughs> yeah, I see they're him. real shiny. Uh, yeah, you know this tooth. If I sunk this tooth into your arm, you'd bleed out. You'd bleed out right here in our lane. Just one tooth. You look ridiculous, man, with a golden pompadour. Yeah, but this tooth and this pompadour own this lane, okay? This is our lane you on 7th Avenue. Th- yes. If I were you, I would leave the chocolate jimmies and the donuts with my blonde pompadour friend with the golden tooth. Okay, man. Everything you say is obvious, all right? <laughs> you can just listen. We're going to let you keep your bike because we're feeling real generous today. So Very you just generous. keep your bike. And uh, oh, oh, see, they're they're coming, they're coming for you. You oh, better, you better just leave us those donuts and scurry away on your way. You're playing a you're playing a siren on your phone. I I see you. Put How it. dare you? How dare you? Get out of here! If I were you, I would heed the alarm on my friend's yeah, heed the alarm sound device. I would heed that alarm. If are you going to get a friend? big bite mark in your left arm? Listen. I, this is not my first time having a rumble, okay? I've run, I've I've been biking these lanes for a, a good couple months now. I've been in fights. Oh, a, a, a rumble? Do you want? Here, uh, let, let's uh, maybe maybe we have a deal for you. Maybe you uh, maybe you want to rumble on our side. Maybe you want to rumble with us. Maybe maybe you're interested in a rumba. Oh yeah, see what. <laughs> A rumba. A rumba? Yeah, it's like a little round vacuum that, that thinks on its own and a runs roomba? into walls. Yeah. I mean, those do sound nice. I would like a little rumba for my place. Let us ask you a question, delivery chum. What's the question? Would you be interested in growing your hair into a door? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just could have kept going with that. <laughs> good times. Oh wow! Uh, what? It, what? Uh, I want you to talk about the 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 bitch seat, and I want you to talk about what you have going on, Alyssa. All right. So the bitch seat. Tell uh, us what it is. It's a it's a it's a talk show. It started out as a live talk show that then became a podcast that is about the universal vulnerability of youth, and actually past couple of days I, I have my phone i have like a google notification on my phone whenever the bitch sheet gets mentioned in the press somewhere and it is now officially an urban dictionary Whoa. because the bit the bit not my show but like yeah. the bitch seat as 
the middle seat in the back of the car, the oh, last yeah. choice that, you know, somebody calls shotgun and then, if, you know, if I you're too slow, you are a bitch. Time. Many so, a time I rode bitch. Yes. Um, so I did it. So it's a podcast and I did it for like five years and I was doing, you know, live, the live version on both coasts. And then I took a long break, which ended up being longer because of COVID. And I just brought, brought it back um, at the end, the last day of May. Uh, unfortunately, the venue immediately closed. So what, the, what was the venue? <laughs> it, it was super secret arts. May it rest in peace. Oh, it, I had no idea. Yeah, We can talk about it off the air, but yes. it was oh, going to be great. So, yeah. but, um, but I, I just got a new mic and, um, basically I interview people about their childhood. Ralph's been on it. Um, right. and, uh, interview people about their childhood and they bring in something that they wrote or made when they were kids. And it ends up be, like, it's funny just naturally, but it ends up being therapeutic too. And so there's that. And there's, um, I just started a vintage resale business called Prodigal Objects. Wow. We're selling at the Brooklyn Flea. We're going to be selling on August 20th. Um, I sell, it's like all like housewares, like decor, lots of fancy colored glass. Um, and I just finished my first year of school for somatic therapy. I'm going to be a somatic therapist. I'm reading tarot cards for money apparently now. <laughs> I'm just like cobbling You're it hustling. together. I'm hustling. You're doing a very woo-woo hustle. I sure am. Hustle. In the street. Real crafty. Um, <laughs> how do people find you and follow yes. the bitch seat? So my main vice and and place of business is Instagram. And uh, I am a flock of sandwiches on Instagram. Nice. Flock of sandwiches. Um, and uh, the bitch seat also has an Dirty. Instagram account but i would say follow a flock of sandwiches for the most relevant information on all of these nice. uh irons i have in the fire fantastic um what do you think has your interest in childhood and and those kinds of uh reminiscings and that just that information mm-hmm. and that conversation mm-hmm. has your interest in that grown over time has and has it changed or is, do you have the exact same curiosity and excitement about it as the beginning? That's a great question. Um, I, I came to a point at about the four-year mark where I felt it kind of went. Like, I felt that I had scratched the itch and that I had healed the thing for my inner child. She, she just really wanted to be seen and heard. And I felt it kind of like I had done it. I had done the oh. thing. So my interest has become definitely more one of, like, I, I'm interested in, well, now I'm interested in healing the person I was in my twenties. So, wow. so I, 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 yes, I'm, I'll always be interested in it. And I'm interested in, um, how exploring childhood trauma. There's so much stuff that's locked in there, which is why I'm moving on to the therapy thing. But, um, yeah, it's definitely changed. I feel like, I feel like it grew me up the bitch seat. Now I'm a, a grown up. Yeah. I really, uh, Oh, we got like 10 seconds I left. Know. This has been No Suggestion on Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. But uh, I, that's, a, I, that's a gem I'm going to take with me is that some things that you cherish uh, doesn't have to go away, but it can change and evolve. In it the way it, that it, you it naturally them. will, and it wants to. Ooh, yes. That's a word of wisdom. All right. And on that note, we'll say uh, this is Ralph, Xavier, Lisa Mandel, A Flock of Sandwiches. We love you. Goodbye.